0: You are listening to More Human, the show where we share the stories that encourage leaders to make their businesses and organizations more human. I'm your host, Jeremy Newlich. Five years ago, Stacy Taubman was a math teacher in suburban St. Louis, and she was witness to something that's been intellectualized for years. Young women, in particular high-performing and achievement-oriented young women had a tough time getting through high school. Navigating parent and peer expectations, social pressures, personal development and relationships. These things are really complicating and often the adults in their lives they didn't really feel equipped to deal with them. And the kinds of trials that young people go through didn't present themselves in some typical way to Stacy. It didn't look like a, a cry for help. They were really subtle, and they were sometimes tough to see. And as she worked with more people, Stacy discovered that those complications, they didn't end when high school was over. Most of the challenges that these young folks went through went into adulthood, except now you add to that list the default setting of most workspaces. It's male. And before the hashtag MeToo movement had taken shape, Stacy and her partner, Kate Wigman, had founded Rise Collaborative. It's a curated community of ambitious women and a female-focused workspace. And it's the kind of space that doesn't exclude men, but it's focused on helping women shape their personal and professional careers. So they just celebrated their one-year anniversary a few months ago, and already they have aspirations for expansion into new markets outside of St. Louis. And just recently, they launched a, a non-profit arm of the organization, as well as a publishing house and a podcast. So Stacy and Kate have insight on what it means to intentionally shape a workspace, to make it something that's welcoming and organically collaborative. And if you're someone who is charged with leading an organization, shaping your processes and environments such that everyone feels empowered, it's critical. We sat down with Stacy and Kate about a year ago to get the story on what led them to their vision. And for Stacy, like I said, that starts five years ago with this tragic event rocked her classroom.
1: You know, it's crazy, I think about five years ago, I would never have predicted I'd be here. I was a high school math teacher, left and started a company called Girls Dreaming Big, which is a tutoring coaching company for high school girls. I'm super passionate about helping them figure out who they are and what they want to be, probably because I had no clue forever. <laughs> Were you still
0: a teacher when you started that?
1: I was, January 2013, while teaching at Kirkwood High School. I would, like, stand up and teach math and then sit down and be surrounded by these awesome, you know, high school seniors and say, what do you want? What do you need? How can I help you?
0: Where did that come from? Why would you?
1: Yeah, so uh, July 4th, 2012, there was a tragedy. Uh, a young woman took her life at a party, actually. And so um, just the aftermath of that was uh, challenging.
0: Was so her... young woman in your class?
1: No, so she was going into her senior year. Her older sister was a woman. I used to coach the Palm Squad. Okay. So her older sister was on my Palm Squad, so I knew the family well. It's an it's an awesome family, and so to to have such a tragic thing happen, um, yeah, it shakes you up. And all of her friends were a mess, understandably. Um, so just trying to help them navigate that year.
0: How did you hear about the story? What happened?
1: Um, gosh, the next well, the girl who coached my Palm Squad, the girl who's an assistant coach of mine, she got the call from the sister. The older sister called Heather at, gosh, three in the morning, mm. and uh, yeah. And then there were all sorts of uh, events after, and the wake, and student teacher events. Just, just the aftermath of that was uh, quite tragic and upsetting, and there was a lot of trying to figure it all out. Right. Yeah. So you know, those kind of things leave you asking questions.
0: Yeah. What? So you left. You went through this whirlwind of all these. Things you're assigned to be at, or and you're you're constantly yeah. interacting then probably yeah. informally with a bunch yeah. of young women who are coming to you and
1: yeah, listening to their struggles. And it was just a tipping point for me. I mean, high school is tough regardless. It was this aha moment of um, there's so many mixed pressure, mixed messages and pressures that high school girls are facing, and who's helping them? You know, I think there's a lot of people wanting to help them, their parents, high school counselors, but the girls that this affected are the high achieving girls who weren't going to leave class. To go to the counselor because if you miss class you're behind right um and part of growing up is pulling away from your parents no matter how amazing your parents are they stop talking to their parents uh, right so they're relying on each other right and i don't know about you all but me in high school <laughs> <laughs> i wasn't equipped to, i mean you're just trying to keep your head above water let alone how do you support your friends through real struggles right They need, they're craving that adult interaction. They just aren't willing to admit it Mm -hmm. and they don't know how to get it. Okay. So that was kinda what was this aha moment of I need to start something where they're willing to be a part of it and they have the supports they need.
0: What are the pressures that young women face in high school now that are nuanced or things that maybe most people don't have an appreciation for that were, were already there before the tragedy happened?
1: It's this combination of this social hierarchy. You know, there's so much pressure to be cool, to be popular. get good grades of perfectionism is rampant. That, uh-huh. you, I have to be in calculus by the time I'm a junior or senior. I mean, I have my degree in math and I didn't even take calculus in high school. Mm-hmm. So it's like, what are you taking? What, you know, what did you get on the ACT? Mm-hmm. What being like the captain of the cheerleading team and mm-hmm. just there's just but yet all by looking pretty. Right. <laughs> look pretty and look effortless. And So it's
0: a, it's like a certain circle that you're dealing in, too, because it's this high achievement, high um, high achievement focused young woman who's also then has all those layers of social political sort of pressures on Absolutely. her all the time
1: and you know trying to fit in and wanting the attention a lot of their self worth is tied to who likes me mm-hmm. what boy you know is paying attention to me and um, but yet I also have to do well in school mm-hmm. and those sometimes are conflicting because mm-hmm. doing well in school sometimes it's not what's cool um, or the things that it takes to be cool don't really set you up for success necessarily.
0: So when you were doing Girls Dreaming Big, part of that was this series of, I saw a series of videos and yeah. posts and everything. Is that, and you're saying that's where you started to see that there were signals yeah. out there that actually even, even women as they age, it's not as though those same pressures don't exist, right? right? It's basically the same thing in adult suits. So the problems are universal.
1: Whether they're 15 or 70, they often are feeling the same way. I mean, it's a little bit more nuanced, but some of the similar struggles are there. Some of that same mean girl sometimes. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And so it was interesting. So, yeah, when I left teaching, I didn't know what I was doing. I had one business class, Business 123 at Mizzou, Mm how to balance checkbook, basically. So I uh, had to reach out to people here in St. Louis to help me. And all I knew was what it took to be a high school math teacher. What mm-hmm. if a young woman wanted to be something else? So I started interviewing smart, strong, successful women. Okay. Um, informally first, and that ultimately it parlayed into video blog series. Right. And, um, yeah, it was fascinating that they were craving the same things that the women, that the teens were craving.
0: Were there a couple of those interviews in particular you remember or something that stands out from one of them that really clicked, something clicked for you in your head on...
1: You know, it, no, because what happened was it was like this culmination of after interviewing so many people, you're it was this aha, whether they were CEO of some major company or just starting out, the journey and some of that craving for those Me Too moments were there. Mm-hmm. You know, it was fascinating. To, I was so nervous on some of these interviews. These women, I like never would have thought would have time to talk to me, mm-hmm. went out of their way to, to tell me about their journey. And They had similar struggles, and Mm -hmm. they're just like me. Mm -hmm. So I thought about how much power that would be to have teenage girls in front of them.
0: Oh, I understand. So you're saying if they were having that same kind of interaction and they understood that Mm -hmm. actually these people look, think, and they have the same sort of fears despite, you know, and that transcends any... Generational or achievement-level stuff. Yeah,
1: absolutely. That was the kind of aha after, you know, 300 of them.
0: Right. (laughs) Right.
1: Yeah, but, yeah, it's fascinating to sit across from somebody that you incredibly admire and Mm -hmm. listen to them admit that sometimes they wake up and are just as insecure as I am. You know, that's that's powerful.
0: Sure. So then that planted the seed for, well, I need to make a space or some kind of a place that could be female-focused where everybody could... Feel like they were. Okay. You know, how did it start? Yeah, like, well, is that where you were going, or no?
1: You know, ultimately, the original path was I wanted to create a home for girls streaming big. Okay. You know, I wanted to create a one-stop shop for teenage girls okay. because I would see them at the library, I would see them at BreadCo, and I I felt like we could do better for them. I mean, those places are great, but like, imagine if you could be somewhere doing your homework and have incredible wingmen at your f- fingertips.
0: Mm-hmm. You
1: can't be what you can't see. So, mm-hmm. how powerful to be working your homework in the boardroom as some CEO of some company? That's mm-hmm. game-changing. Mm-hmm. So. You know, originally, yes, I set out wanting to open a space just specifically for the teens. And ultimately, I had to pivot and um, decided to spin the model on its head and open a place for the women and house Girls Dreaming Big inside of it. Tech Artista was really a big inspiration for me. I oh, loved really? I loved what they were doing, the energy in that space. and um, It's I a lo- funky place. It is. But right. it was cool because the people were, you know, you could feel that they had a tribe there. right? Yeah. They, and Eric and Chris had a company themselves, mm-hmm. and they placed it inside of it. So it's kind of the same thing. Girls Dreaming Big needed a home, and mm-hmm. so let's create a home for it that has more power than it alone.
0: That's a communal home a for communal Girls home. Dreaming Big. Right.
1: Yeah, and now I have this community of impressive, inspiring women at their fingertips.
0: The closest of which is Kate, who's in our studio.
1: Which I couldn't
2: do it without her.
0: Right, right. How did you guys meet?
2: Uh so I had just moved to St. Louis. Gosh, I guess it was 2 years ago now. Um and it, for anyone who's from St. Louis, they know that the first question when you meet someone is Where'd where
0: school? did you go to high school? Where would you go to
2: high school? And when you can't answer that question, it, I can't
0: either. I understand the the pain.
2: It is. It's hard. It's like well, you've never heard of it. And and <laughs> and so there is it's such a community focused community. Have you um, tried
0: making up one? Sorry, I didn't yeah. interrupt to. Cuz it's kind <laughs> haven't of fun. Yet. Yeah.
2: you What's your go-to?
0: I say, like, I'll try to just mash together mm-hmm. a few of them. Like, I went to La Rockwood.
2: Oh, good one.
0: And people are like, Rockwood? No, La and Rockwood.
2: Yeah. La Vichon. You
0: know, uh, you know, like, or just kind of, you know, mash together a bunch of names. Yeah. It's, I'm going to
2: try that next time. Try
0: it. It really confuses the hell out of people yeah. in St. Louis. It's really fun.
2: Awesome. I need to try that. Mm-hmm. So I had noticed, you know, I moved to St. Louis and. Very communal. Yeah, right. I just lacked that community. It yeah. also didn't help that I moved here in, it was, I think, Halloween day uh, that we pulled our RV, or not RV, or <laughs> moving van into St. Louis. You guys were living St. in an St. RV <laughs> previously. We By the river. You are okay,
0: no. you're exceedingly more interesting yeah, than I, know. I ever knew. It's the conversation yeah, yeah, was on yeah, was
2: like, <laughs> Chris Farley was in the van <laughs> yeah, exactly right next right, to us. Exactly. Yeah, it was good. It's
0: tough to find a good parking space, <laughs> you know.
2: So we pull into mm-hmm. St. Louis and... Winter hits, Mm. which is also a very isolating experience, whether you have friends here or not Mm -hmm. and connections. So I immediately, you know, my husband was going to work. I was working freelance from my from our at the time temporary apartment. It would snow all day long. I wouldn't talk to anybody. I would just be there with my cat, and my dog, and my husband would come home at night. And be like, Who'd you see? What'd you talk to? What's <laughs> happening outside? It was very isolating. Um, and it's
0: an odd scene. Sorry, <laughs> totally it was particularly the way camera. you did. Yeah. <laughs> it, was, it was like the room or something. Like told- he'd come, like to- you went out to the other world, you know, kind of a thing.
2: <laughs> yes. Sorry. S- slightly. <laughs> Yes, yes, it was pretty much just like the room. So, so that's where Stacy comes in somehow. I I
0: got her out of the room. Stacy burst through the door.
1: Hello.
2: Yes. So I was floundering. I was trying. You know, had a freelance business and trying to grow it, trying to connect, trying to feel a part of something, and um, wasn't getting that from. Doing what I was doing. And so I started going to those really awkward networking events.
0: Oh, which. Sorry, nah. we shouldn't oh, bad yeah. talk any of them, but no. well, they're all kind of the same.
1: Yes. not all of the, Not a rice collaborative. Oh, not not rice <laughs> collaborative. Really good points. But we, we're not about networking. We're about relationships. Uh-huh. <laughs> nice work. <laughs> Thank you. Yes.
0: But I know the, the the ones of which you speak. Yes, rubber yes. chicken, shoulder pads. Totally. Yeah. yeah. Right. Gotcha. And
2: and when you go there alone, it's super awkward. And anyway, it just I happened to go to several of them. One of them happened to be at a great wine bar in Webster, mm-hmm. and um. After the awkward chit chat with people who don't know each other and will probably never see each other again, mm-hmm. um, blessedly, there was this panel discussion. And um, there were two women that were being interviewed, one of which was this woman named Stacey Taubman. And
0: Stacey's doing jazz hands. Just <laughs> yeah. note.
2: Which feeds in very quickly, very perfectly to what I was going to say is that as she was talking, there was just this effervescence about Mm -hmm. her and her story and what it was that she was doing. I was just so drawn to. Mm. And I didn't know at the time, but as she's talking, I said, I need to go, I need to meet this woman, I need to get to know her personally. I don't know what it is, but I just had this feeling. It that was an energy
0: thing. It wasn't necessarily, yeah. yeah. You were just like I, I dig this person. Yeah, right. and
2: at the time I thought, well, maybe she'll introduce me to. She seems like she knows everyone. Right. <laughs> and so I was like, she what? comes
0: off as really important. <gasps>
2: oh yes. no,
0: yes, <laughs> I'm
2: that person. Wildly <laughs> popular, and people hate me. You no. Know. <laughs> so I said, well, I just need to meet this girl. I need to. Her, surely she can introduce me to some, whether it be friends or business contacts or what have you. And little did I know. You know, she agreed to go out to coffee with me. And And I think that's where we
1: should pause. What what she didn't realize is when she came up to me, I was floundering. Mm. On this path, people have come and gone to help me because I don't want to do this alone. Mm -hmm. Um, That's not why I started it. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's volunteer fatigue. People can only stick by you so long when you can't pay them. (laughs) And so I was at my wits end close to quitting. And I just kept saying, if I could just find somebody to do this with, I know I can accomplish this. I just need that person.
0: So So when Kate
1: came up to me, I immediately spotted how amazing she is on so many levels. I could just feel it. Um, So I was like, oh, I hope she reaches out to me. (laughs) So when she wanted to have coffee, I was coming with a whole different plan. then I'll give it back
0: to you. (laughs) Yeah, I know. Well, I know, Kate, your background's in journalism and PR.
1: PR,
2: marketing, writing, yeah. I have a journalism degree, Mm -hmm. um, went to the dark side, did PR and marketing for a while, um, event planning, a little bit of everything. So um, She fills a lot of my gaps. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Well, it's interesting. I mean, you know, I'm sure listeners here are, are familiar with Myers-Briggs mm-hmm. and it's funny Stacy and I are opposite on every single <laughs> letter. letter
0: is that right Totally.
2: yes and um <laughs> it's hilarious in the way that we communicate our strengths I can't I don't even know what a, what secant I, I don't even know what a secant is I never even I know how to calculate tips I mean that's my extent of my math I married an engineer so that I didn't have to do math ever again
0: So, describe Kate. Describe the space. Describe what the thing really is. Just for listeners, if somebody's not at all familiar with what Rise is, what sure, is it? Sure,
2: sure. So, the space itself was about six thousand square feet, mm-hmm. um, and it's we took that true, really open concept. It's you know, you know, we walk in and it's wide, wide open. In the middle, there's a big you know luxury kitchen over there to the right, where people can you know fill up on their gourmet coffee and all that good coffee. stuff. Call coffee. coffee. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um along the perimeter are some private offices. We have 11 private offices, um, as well as four different size meeting spaces. Then in the middle, there's a whole variety of different areas, places to sit, a little bit like a, a Starbucks or St. Louis Bread Co. would feel, or even a library, um, which is a place that Stacey yeah. had spent a lot of time in her teaching years and was really an inspiration. It's, um, you know, that place, there's two tops, four tops, overstuffed leather couches, all of the different, you know places that someone might want to sit and either have a coffee meeting with somebody and have a conversation or open up their laptop, put on their
1: headphones and dig down and and work. Mm -hmm. Yeah. When I was envisioning this years ago, I just kept thinking, you know, I've experienced all these different things and some things I loved and some things not so much. So how do we take the best parts of each of these places and blend them into a space? I mean, that's what I love is that people come in and immediately comment on that. Like it feels like home it feels safe and warm, but then it also feels professional. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, we were, so we really try to have, <clears throat> excuse me, um,
2: you know, try to have a very residential feel to mm-hmm. it while still being professional in a place that you could bring a Fortune 500 CEO to. Mm-hmm. We also, although being female focused, we're really conscious to not make it feel like a Barbie dream house. <laughs> I mean, <Okay. laughs> don't get me wrong. We do have two crystal chandeliers. Um But it's not hot pink and bubblegum and there's not, you know, you know, a makeup
1: station. We wanted to be gender neutral in some ways with pops of femininity. I mean, if you look at our logo from our brand from the get go, it's all about soft and strong. Mm -hmm. You know, you can be feminine, but still have strength behind it. You don't have to go purely Barbie Dreamhouse to feel, you know, like a good place for women.
0: Right. Yeah.
1: And it's been interesting seeing men walk into
2: the space and how they react
1: to it too. Yeah, describe
0: that for me. How yeah. do they feel when they walk in?
2: <laughs> well it's funny. They're like, Oh, they kinda have this, what is this mm-hmm. moment? This doesn't feel like what I'm used to and but yet, they but still yet I like feel it. comfortable. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I like it. Mm-hmm. Um and then immediately too, they say, So what is this? So women only? We so, said, Well, mm-hmm. no, it's not women only. We female focused, male friendly. <laughs> Yeah, that's our Um, (laughs) tagline. In fact, we do have a couple of male members, too. Mm -hmm. So it's definitely not women only. Mm -hmm. Um, And that's that's a good thing. We don't want to just be women only. That's not the world. That's not whatever. However, we do want to create an environment and a place that, in many ways, is contrary to most traditional or many traditional workplaces, which are male, dominantly male. Mm -hmm. And the women are the ones who feel... Out, I hate to say outnumbered, but they're the odd. They're 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 in the one, minority. Yeah, they're in the mm-hmm. minority.
1: Yeah, and that changes how you feel.
2: Absolutely, and how you carry yourself and the armor you put on. Mm-hmm.
0: So, for the business leader out there who's who is is um, tasked with being intentional about some form of their company culture, um, what is it you guys have learned? Through, your, through what you've accomplished so far that you would encourage or you'd entreat any business leader to examine, or what would you have them know?
1: Well, I think there's a lot of gender biases. Biases, mm-hmm. By how do you even say that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, and I think we talk a lot about, I, I think sometimes unintentional leaders are doing things, or, you know, men that are coming from a great place. They just don't realize how some of their actions are making people feel. Mm -hmm. And so having really honest, safe conversations to unfold, you know, unfold those.
2: You know, whether whether you call it a sponsor, whether you call it a mentor, um, I think as much as any business culture can do to help connect people who are to create and foster mentorships um, and relationships between women within their community. um, I think that that's going to only be it's a it's a win for the mentor and the mentee.
0: 20, 30 years into the future, when you cascade into the future, what are you guys doing? What's your role? What does Rise look like? Well, is it first still of all, Rise
1: you? is all over the world. Rise is worldwide. You were already <laughs> interviewed this ride. morning
0: by the French. Yeah, so. well,
1: you know, it's it's so funny when they reached out to me, I was beaming because uh, even before Rise was open on Instagram I had a picture uh, for, in Paris saying like this is what Rise Collaborative will look like in Paris So my so dream. You really
0: are you do the whole like gift thing or whatever it is, or no what is it? I'm the, just the, the poster, poster child of girls is dream, the Oprah like, thing?
1: The, the, the vision, vision board and law of attraction. Law of attraction is what the, the secret is all The about. secret. Yes.
0: Yes. Secret. You're a manifesting.
1: I'm manifesting but you know <laughs> <laughs> I'm on the fence on all that. Stuff, oh no no, but, no I was just. <laughs> but, no. I'm
0: with you, but yes.
1: Absolutely. I mean, I am the poster child of Girls Dreaming Big. I dream big. And mm-hmm. I think Kate and I have seen the power of what we can do and how this really impacts people. I mean, it's only been a month and a half, two months in. And to hear our members and how game-changing it already has been for them, just it's unbelievable. Well, so, What's
0: the business world look like, though? If you guys were successful in, let's say, achieving your mission over the next 30 years, Wow. What does the business world look like?
1: I'm immediately thinking, toss to Kate. Toss to Kate. (laughs) (laughs) That's the same look that she
0: has on her face.
1: I mean, so I keep a couple
2: of times I've referenced, um, you know, as I said, there was a speaker that we saw. Um, I can't remember her name, but the concept that she talked about was shine theory. Yes. And that is, she was talking. I was just sitting here with like my jaw. I had to pick it up off the floor. I was like, this is, she is our people. She gets what we're trying to do. She does have a podcasting too uh, called Call Your Girlfriend.
1: Um, oh, and she Haley went to Mizzou. Oh, about this person. Yeah, she was the keynote speaker at the Women's Business Journal Conference. Yeah, she went yeah, to Mizzou oh.
2: and she wore gold booties. And I was like, we are soul sisters. Because yes. Kate had on gold booties too. Yeah. So anyway, long story short, I am obsessed <laughs> with her concept and her message around Shine Theory. Okay. Um, because it is truly at the heart of what it is that we're trying to do. And it's it, it Rise Collaborative. And it's our spirit, our manifesto, our mission where I don't shine if you don't shine. Mm -hmm. And um, I would love, and also in that speech, when she said, you know, women make up 51% of the population. What if in, you know, Hollywood directors and Fortune 500 CEO companies, financial institutions, politics, politics, what if women made up 51% of all of those jobs? There's really no reason why. I mean, the mathematician in the room can tell, can tell me that. So why is that? And so I would love to see, although 51% down there road, you know, it's a little bit of a pipe dream, but all those 30 years you talked about, I would love to see- 30 years in the future,
0: yeah. yeah we don't have awesome. to be right. I'm just saying, you yeah, know, what, what do you want equality. it to be?
2: Yeah, absolutely, to have yeah. more equality, you know, keep more women dreaming big, more women, not just girls dreaming big, but more women dreaming big, mm-hmm. staying in the workforce, you know, having a work culture that encourages both a little bit more of a shared experience in parenting so that both parents can achieve whatever those dreams may be for them, Mm -hmm. whether, you know, it's in staying in the workforce or focusing on family. But regardless, just having that would be my dream.
1: I love that. Yeah. Equality.
0: Girls Dreaming Big is still going on. Absolutely. You're still doing that. It's still core. It's a home for Girls Dreaming Big. But how do you, what is the, in, in the future... What is, what is kind of the system that you have in mind for the way in which Girls Dreaming Big grows
1: mm-hmm.
0: within, within RISE?
1: So I see RISE Collaborative as the big umbrella. Okay. Underneath Rice Collaborative, we have a separate company, Girls Dreaming Big, which is the tutoring and coaching company. So mm-hmm. a lot of one-on-one services, after-school activities. Underneath Rice Collaborative also is a nonprofit arm, RISE Society. Because we aren't busy enough, we like to have three things Launch going on and more do more. you know, I, I never realized but I am a born serial entrepreneur. I would have never <laughs> told is. you that five years ago, but now I can see it. Yeah. um, so Rice Society is our nonprofit arm, and uh-huh. all these things, no matter where we open, will come along okay. in the equation. Rice Society oversees the mentor program between our members and our teens. It um oversees the scholarships. We will be providing scholarships to teens and women who couldn't afford having a membership at Rice Collaborative, and it oversees uh, the social events. We want to have social events, speed networking, all sorts of fun things, where teens are interacting in meaningful ways with our members. Interesting. So all of those happen together. It's just a home. I see Rice Collaborative as a home. We want to be a hub for female empowerment done and I wanted to bang on the table yeah. <laughs> truly but I held back no,
0: I think that's really that's a, good, that's a good place to end it a hub for female empowerment Stacy and Kate worked for more than 12 months since that recording on achieving that vision and launching Rise and we had them back in our studio after celebrating their one year anniversary just to get an update and unsurprisingly they crushed those goals and they achieved much more than they even set out to do.
1: We joke, got we it all done in one year. All the big life, ha- you know, happenings. Yeah, I got married. Kate had a, a child. Um, and oh yeah, we opened a business
2: <laughs> and a nonprofit, and we launched our... a book. Oh yeah, and wrote a book. That's so right.
1: Just a few things. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. I moved, sold my house. That's right. So all the personal things that you would do <laughs> over a lifetime as well as professional.
0: You packed it into 12 months. Hey, why not? It's a cycle sort of thing, right? Yeah. Yeah. So
1: what's the next 12 months, right? right if exactly. we get it all done, what do we do next?
0: Right. Well, before we even go there, what are some of the stories you guys have heard from the people that have been a part of Rise that were the most inspirational to you? What were some of the... the- the you, folks who've come into your space.
1: Yeah. It's funny because just Friday I had this day that I it was like, this, this is why we're doing it. Um, All in one day, three things happened that were incredible, huge wins for us. Uh, one of our members is moving to London. So that's not a win. That, I'm sad that she's leaving, <laughs> but we have a member that's from London. And so the two of them are staying there talking about where she should live, what she should do. And so that's so helpful. Um, Two other members met for the first time. I connected them. One is a cancer biologist, which is usually you don't have in a co-working space, so we're so excited to have her. And then another is a chemist. And I thought, two scientists, they will love each other. They met, and they're now starting a company, potentially.
0: No kidding. So you're able to, like, uh, orchestrate that sort of collision of people? That's Mm -hmm. my
1: favorite thing to do. And then the third thing, oh, my God, now I'm, oh, one of our members got a brand new awesome job because a different member helped her get it. That's great. So all in one day, we had these three huge wins, and I, you know, that is happening all the time.
0: You built this thing before uh, everything started coming out, you know, the with the uh, beginning with Harvey Weinstein and the hashtag Me Too movement, all that stuff. Before hashtag Me Too, you guys started doing this. Mm-hmm. Um, did that Did that have an effect on you guys? Did you guys see it show up in your space? Did you see anything from the people that you're helping? Did you it, or did it? Was it just like something that you kind of, are everybody kind of knew was there, so it that was in your space? Or, like, what was it like?
1: You know, surprisingly, w- we didn't see a huge ripple. I mean, I think what brings the women to our community is just wanting to be around amazing women. Mm-hmm. You know, I don't, it's not about escaping men as much as it is being around like-minded and goal-oriented inspiring. and
2: inspiring women.
1: Totally. And so I, I think it's just that they're coming for a positive environment, and they're not coming necessarily um because there's these huge problems that they're facing. And not to say that they're not facing those, you know, just to say that their why is because they just wanna, they wanna focus on achieving, they wanna focus on rising, and they're just wanting to be around super positive women. And what, you know, that we were talking off air is that in our lovely um, manifesto that we made before opening, you know, we actually use that language. You know, people really, there's an incredible power in Me Too. And so it's been interesting to navigate that change. So I think this feeling of I understand what you're going through Mm -hmm. and I've experienced that was an undercurrent of the company from day one. It
0: really was. And so
1: not that we were focusing specifically around sexual harassment and not that no one in our company or no one in our community have experienced it. But it's bigger than that. Sure. You know, there's power in being around somebody that understands what you've experienced.
0: What's the significance of a, a group in the in the context of our culture right now? A group of, of women helping other women. Is that in particular something that you see that is interesting in terms of the environment you've created? Is it?
1: I think that's one of the best things about Rise. Yeah, and it's and culturally, I think beyond Rise, it's just a huge movement that we just happen. We were lucky to get started ahead of time, and so it's just really been a huge win. I mean, timing is everything in business. Right.
0: Yeah. Right, and I'm, I'm assuming then, like, if that's part of, you know, there's, like, a larger cultural narrative around it, um, and so what I would see then is, like, I, and as you guys outlined, the what's next part, right? So mm-hmm. is that, do you feel like that's carrying over into when you go to introduce yourself into Denver or these other markets mm-hmm. that you're looking at, um Is that giving some kind of like a a, a more of a soft beachhead? In other words, it's like an easier conversation to have than maybe it would have been.
1: So I kind of view it as a blessing and curse, if I'm being honest. You know, it's a blessing um, because it's obviously something that's being discussed and it's relevant and people get it. Right. Um, But I'll be honest, five years ago, six years ago, whatever it was when I was starting these conversations, people were getting it then, too. Okay. And so, um, and they were like, what? This doesn't exist. When are you creating this? I need this yesterday, right? Right? Whereas this momentum is wonderful because it's catapulting us in many ways, but then the momentum is also creating that many more people doing what we're doing. Mm -hmm. So that's where it's, you know, a strength and a shadow like anything in life.
0: What are some of the exciting things you're working on over the next year then?
1: Um, well, as you've mentioned, um,
2: looking at uh, space in Denver. So expanding, heading west. Rice is mm-hmm. heading west.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, I like that. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and specifically like something you're helping to focus on and leading, taking the charge on. Um, Over oh, from the, the publishing yes. part? Yeah. So as we mentioned,
2: we wrote a book. Um, it was an anthology. And so it was a collection of stories from 17 different women who, um, Stacey and I, as well as other members of Rice Collaborative, just telling short stories of how... They got to where they were, influential moments and pivotal points to success in their career so far. Mm -hmm. Um, And one of the sort of overarching things that we got back from all of the authors and then also from some women who were interested in the concept of it but held back from joining and writing the book was that fear of, I'm not an author. I'm not good enough. Mm. Do I have enough to contribute? And, of course, every woman has her own story. It's just providing the support and the encouragement and the tools and the resources to um, connect with other women and help really craft your story in the right way. So um, as we look towards Volume 2 and then also expanding the short story that many women started telling – into perhaps a longer full-length book, um, we're going to be starting some workshops and programs to help women be able to become real published authors
1: themselves and make that
2: more of a dream for more women.
0: Wow. Mm-hmm. wow. Absolutely.
1: So we're always looking for things to provide to our members in our community. I think for women, it's about access, mm-hmm. opportunities, you know, and being around other people that are doing it.
0: Stacy and Kate have found a way to create an environment that's centered on the desire to be around inspiring women. They're making something that's much bigger than just the sum of its parts. So that's an encouragement to people, probably like you, who are creating mindfully your work environments, or at the very least, your own career. And what their example suggests is that you can create the kind of place that positive visions of the future are the center of how you make decisions. And that mindset can help you achieve more. And it creates a hub for your vision. And if you want to know more stories from Stacy and Kate, or go to their space, or buy their book, you can check out the links in our show notes at thehumanproject.net. And there's always more that can inspire you. There's always more with Stacy and Kate. This has been More Human, a production of the Be Human Project. Editing and sound design by Khalees Walker, with art direction by Steph Sabo and Cas Arnold. And it's hosted by me, Jeremy Newlik. And we record and produce this thing at our studio at Big White Sky, a human business consultancy. And to subscribe to More Human, search for More Human anywhere you subscribe to podcasts. And to learn more about the Be Human Project, or if you dig anything you heard over the last few minutes. Check out our website, behumanproject.net, and visit often. We love humans.